Hey, I'm King Princess. Medium says pop star. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of Introducing Apologies for My Croaky Voice. I was one of the many thousands of young ladies last night screaming at the King Princess show. She headlined her second Australian show last night at the Metro in Sydney. She's out here supporting Florence and the Machine. She's about to go back to America, America, and support the Red Hot Chili Peppers. She was the first signed to Mark Ronson's Z-League Records in 2017. And seriously, it's been just up and up and up and up and up since then. Uh, In this chat, uh, we chat about her love for Australian animals. And yeah, of course, she probably finds out that I'm a dad because I attempted a joke, which she deemed a dad joke, but that's up to you to decide, dear. She's so fun. I, I hope you enjoyed this chat. Her uh, her album last year, Hold On Baby, was one of my favourites. From the moment I heard Little Bother, she was hooked. Like, she was like asbestos. She got into my blood. She's amazing. Please enjoy my chat with King Princess. We were just talking about we're in Sydney, we're at the Metro Theatre, you're about to do your second headline show of this tour mm-hmm. and it's hot as outside and you're really, really rugged up. Does that mean I'm wearing clothes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you have to translate your- Rugged up. No one says that. Yeah, they do. Not in the United States of America. <laughs> no, well, hey, luckily we're here. <laughs> um, I am rugged to the max. Mm-hmm. Well, it's cold in here. Yeah, yeah it's very nice in here. It's chilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's even colder in there. Are you not an outdoorsy person? I'm getting that vibe just in the 10 seconds that we spent together. Before. I <laughs> love the woods. I love being outside when I'm in the Northeast mm-hmm. in upstate New York. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I spent a lot of time inside too. The American woods are pretty special because yeah. they're, they're exactly like the movies. Yeah, I really <laughs> love, I love. I was outside yesterday in the rain. I was at the zoo. Was that your choice or yes. is that something that we make you do when you come here? <laughs> no, I love the zoo. Oh, yeah? I mean, I like zoos here because the animals actually seem happy. Yep. Okay. In the US, they're like, help me. <laughs> they're like pacing back and forth, like, kill me. <laughs> here, it's like, you can, they're happy. I don't know. I met this guy. You want to see? Yeah, yeah, please. I met this, um, I don't know what this is. I think it's a kangaroo or mm. some sort I'll of. Be, I'll be able to let you know. Because I'm an expert. I also met this gorgeous lesbian. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of lesbians at the zoo. Yo. Yeah, yeah. They it is. It. They are not fucking oh my playing. God, how many photos did you take? Babe, I'm at the zoo. <laughs> like, come on. I've never seen so many photos. Look at my friend. Oh, look at that. Wait. That is a, definitely a kangaroo. This is a baby. Look, he's kissing me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You got some real good access. Yeah, no, I had I had the celebrity pass. Because, you know, um, Oprah was the last person that was allowed to touch a koala bear. Yeah, I, let, I didn't touch them. No, we don't let them. Any, we don't let them as in Americans do that anymore. No, <laughs> I don't think I, you should. I don't want to touch it if no. it's going to stress stress them out. They're drunk all the time too on the eucalyptus oil from the leaves. I know. I don't want to. I don't. This woman was like an icon. She was like a six-year-old lesbian who. I mean, I'm assuming she was lesbian. Yeah, she may have been. No, she was not. No, sure. <laughs> well, firstly, she worked at the zoo, and she was giving. She was telling, she's like, you know, clearly put, dedicated her whole life to researching koalas. Mm. I mean, she was like, I've studied them for 50 years and like, she's raised them Mm. from birth. 
she's raised kangaroos from birth i was like okay need to switch career paths now <laughs> although you're pretty good with animals um based on the hold on baby album cover that's yes an owl that you obviously have worked with for hours before that shot <laughs> no you know it's crazy really? that owl so but when we were shooting the cover i was like i need a live owl for the cover and of course my which you can do on your second album <laughs> well my label was like why and i was like because it's art and because <laughs> you know owls are important to me it's like my grandparents spirit animal so i want to i want an owl and so my girlfriend found an an owl like a, a bird expert couple adorable these like two old people came with an owl and the backup bird was a falcon yeah right. i was like no no not no thank you that is too too big a bird falcons are very big in the united arab emirates they fly with them on their planes so you know like the, the sheikhs take the falcons on their arms and then they put the falcons in economy class and then they fly wherever they're going it's kind of fucked up they make the falcons fly economy but you know what's fucked up they don't take their wives anywhere so at least the birds are coming <laughs> <laughs> they got a point um, i mean what would you rather be in economy with your husband or not on the plane at all and you don't have to would answer i rather that. <laughs> be in economy or not probably not on the plane yeah, yeah. um no, but um, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So, so we get this owl, right? Mm -hmm. And the the couple brings the owl in, and the owl's in a in a cage, like almost like a cat cage. And they raise this owl from birth. Mm -hmm. It's a domestic owl to the United States, mm -hmm. um, and it's a barn owl, a snowy barn owl. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, you know, I got my hair and makeup done already, and I was like, I would like to meet the bird. Because I don't want, I want the bird to trust me. Like, I don't, I don't want this animal to feel like I'm just like, you know, with my arm out. Like, Some musician wanting to get a shot. No, this is, this is emotional for me. I've never been up close with this animal that I, I've seen them mm -hmm. with my grandfather. We would go and look for them, but um, I've never been up close. So I want to make sure that he trusts me. Mm. So they took him out and he sat on my hand and he they said, you know, don't expect this owl to snuggle with you or cuddle with you. They're not cuddly. Um, and he's going to bite, but it's going to feel like, it feels like this. Oh, yeah. So I said, okay. So the first thing I did is I let the owl bite me as much as he wanted. And then I started petting him. And then he would let me pet him. And I would let him bite me. And then we'd, I'd pet him. And then he eventually, he did that pose on his own. Yeah. He just outstretched his wings around me and he fell asleep on my titties. <laughs> and I was petting him and kissing his head and snuggling with him. And he was asleep on my tits. So whoever says owls don't snuggle is a liar. Can suck my dick. Because it's it is it is all about the person. It is all about how you treat animals. They are affectionate. Well, he claims he doesn't know you though, because when when he was asked in the interview if he was on the King of Princess Avenue, he goes, Who? No, stop it. Stop that. <laughs> Have that, you heard that before? Are you a father? <laughs> yeah, I am. Are you a parent? Yeah, yeah. That was absolutely. a dad joke. Of course it was. Yeah. But I have to be proud of that. Yeah. You you're a dad, huh? <laughs> I am. Mm. Yeah, I am a dad. Now, um, this is like your third trip out to Australia in pretty recent times you obviously like it out here we like you out here but um do you have your little spots that you go to now have you got your little hangs you know where to go i mean don't give them away but you obviously have apart from the zoo 
a little uh, affiliation with the with the country. I feel like this was the trip actually where I like developed more of those connections. Like before I was really young, I think I was really scared in general of just what was happening, um, but not letting on that I was. Like I just felt uncomfortable and frightened by success and coming to a country where I had got here and I was being played on the radio. Mm -hmm. And so people knew who I was and I was like, oh, this is very different than the U.S. Um, because there's so much inundation of art and music in the U.S. that it's, you know, it's like a needle in a haystack being, you know, somebody of that type of, you know, mm. recognizable name or face. And here it's, I think the art, artistic community is a lot more protective of their people. Like when Australia claims an artist, you really feel it, mm -hmm. at least from my experience. Yeah. So I didn't do a lot of stuff. I mostly did drugs yep. and sat in my hotel. We're also uh, good at that. Yes. Yeah, and you, Australians yes, you helped a lot. Yeah, you, yeah. Your people. You're welcome. Um, yeah. I'm sober now. <laughs> Thank you so much for your help. Um, no, I, um, I really, really, really didn't do very much. I partied a lot. I met some really incredible people that are still my friends, mm -hmm. but I didn't. Um, do you want to wait for this? Guy no, to pass? this is good. This is all a part of it. Okay. You know? Um, but I like how professional you are, though, as well. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I care about your podcast, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, you uh, do. We'll cut out, cut out I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I didn't do much. But this time, you know, I still know the same people that I knew. I'm with a good friend of mine on tour, Florence. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, it's really more in my body. Like, I, I've gone out. I've went shopping. Mm -hmm. I've been to the zoo. I've had some fantastic meals, yeah. um, enjoyed food, drinks, you know, that's kind of my goal when I tour now is making it as fun as possible for the people I have with me. Yeah. Like I'm a team leader and it's, you know, the fish sinks from the head mm -hmm. and I, it is incredibly important to me that I make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. And so I- Because well, it's like, because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel said this at the Oscars the other day when he was talking about how when Tom Hanks um, got the the role on uh, on Elvis with Austin Butler and they started sending typewriter letters to each other as their characters. And then Jimmy Kimmel kind of looked at the camera and went, you have a silly job. Your job is silly. And then you're taking it very seriously. And I think it's like, you're, I'm not saying you have a silly job, but when you're doing something around the world job. and you're, and, but, but you're not, you're right. You're, you're the writing of your music and the making of the music isn't silly, but I would assume the touring aspect can be quite silly when you realize that you're packing a bag every day and going to another country. You have to look at each other <laughs> at certain points in the day <laughs> and go, what the yeah. fuck is this job? Yeah. Like, I think that we've had a couple moments, <laughs> a couple hundred moments of that. <laughs> and luckily I'm with people who understand the ridiculousness of this. Yeah. There is so much that is ridiculous about this job. Mm -hmm. The making of the music is also ridiculous. You've got me and a, and a couple grown men mm -hmm. drinking beers, talking about my lesbian antics. Yeah. In a studio, mm -hmm. in a like a stinky. <laughs> I'm sure the guys would have been okay stinky, with that. Stinky, no window. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you think that, that my collaborators want to hear about my pussy? Well, Definitely fucking not. Really? They're like, ew. But they deal with it because they're good men. Because they are professionals. Yeah, they're not trying to bang me. <laughs> no. Come on. 
I didn't suggest that. I'm just uh, suggesting that you're They're sitting definitely there like drinking you. beer. <laughs> well, they, they would like the owl joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably like the owl joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think that they, you know, I'm in a really incredible environment of my friends where we are silly and have fun. Hmm. Like, I don't want to not have fun anymore. I yeah. think I've reached a point in my life where I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make myself depressed by being like, what is my life? I'm going to make myself laugh by saying, what the fuck is my yeah. life? Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about, I mean, I know this was last year. Hold on, baby, though. I mean, this man over here, Ryan, sent me little bother on a little uh, text message on Spotify. And we I remember we hadn't stopped listening to it. We listened to it for six months straight, just oh, as, over and over. But a song that surprises you, just like your album is, and I know you probably heard this a hundred times. I'm trying to say it in a non-cliche way. But you know how like every show you watch on Netflix now, every episode goes for ten, like an hour and 10 minutes. You're like, that didn't need to be there and that didn't need all every moment of all your songs needed to be there. And it's they it sounded they, they and also they even in two and a half minutes still surprise you at the end. Like the production alone is to me quite unique and phenomenal. And you should be incredibly proud of that. Thank you. I haven't heard that enough. I really appreciate that. Like, I'm not I, very good at articulating my <laughs> what no, I hear, but you that's what I, that was an amazing way to put it. I, I, me and my friend Jack have a saying when we listen to albums that we love. We go no skips. Yes. No skips, and that is how I try to approach making music, where there's no. It's all all meat, no fat. Like I, I want full beef. Yeah. Full beef, honey. Yeah. Like I'm I'm big into beef. I'm a beef girl. I want I want density without there being extra. Um and this album to me every song was a fight to make to put on and I wanted a the, fight with who? A fight with myself and a fight with what my album should sound like with the powers that be. I mean, it's it's not like there there's no's like that doesn't. It's just like when you have a song like 1950 that has, mm -hmm. you know, 500 million streams and you're like making an album that's really thoughtful and that was out of nowhere. And then you're making an album that's a body of work that's really thoughtful um, and really personal as all albums should be and most are. Mm -hmm. um, it's... You know, you, you've got voices that say, well, you know, we're, we're going, we've already hit this level of success. We need to go there. And for me, it really has nothing to do with that. It has to do with getting better as a musician and learning how to make an album that people use as therapy as I did. And when I was making Hold On Baby, my entire, you know, my synopsis and my, my mission statement was like, it's okay to be to not be okay and to write about it because that's what this is for. That's why we write music. Mm -hmm. We write music to try to be a little more okay than we were when we started the song. That's what I wanted in this album. I didn't want anything extraneous. I wanted just that. How did you pick your collaborators for that album? Or is this just how you roll through life and they you kind go- of fell in my lap yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like Ethan Gruska, who was a major collaborator, I did a session with him per my publisher at the time suggested and we fell in love just immediately collaboratively and um became buddies and i was like i want to do this album with you and simultaneously i was in new york and my grandpa had just died and i was like literally at the funeral and my manager's like you have to do this session with aaron desner 
in upstate New York. And I'm like, dude, I'm at a fucking funeral. Like, I don't want to meet any more people ever again. <laughs> like, or from now? Like, I'm like, or just I'm, today. I'm done. I'm done meeting people. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go to the woods and cry. And he's like, no, you're going to do this session. And he very rarely does that. It's, there's very rarely in my relationship with my manager, a like, you need to do something. Mm -hmm. It's usually a conversation, but this was like a, you need to do this. And he was right. Mm -hmm. Cause I got there and I was sleeping at the studio and I had my puppy with me and we were making music in the woods at his studio with his family. I'd wake up every morning, go to walk from the studio to the house, which is how I grew up. Mm -hmm. And his family would be sitting at the dining room table and he'd make me a coffee and a little toast. And we would start our day. Yeah. And it changed my fucking life. And we wrote Crowbar and The Bend. Yeah, yeah. And we wrote, um, we wrote uh, PS5, formerly known as PS5. I hate myself. I want to party. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, dude. So stupid. You know how to call it that? And you, you can say that in front of Sony. I mean, it's like absolutely ridiculous that I'm signed. My whole bajussie is signed to Sony. You can't find an orifice on my body that isn't signed to Sony. And I love PlayStation. I'm a huge advocate for video games and I play a lot of PS5 and I wrote a song about it. And they were like, no, you have to change the name. I was like, what? Well, as a non-gamer, I prefer the name as it is, but I, I do understand your uh, your frustration. <laughs> I still call it PS5. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Do it. On all my set lists. You playing it tonight? <laughs> yeah, of course yeah, I Yeah, am. of course you are. You're yeah, good. That song fucks. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. Yeah. That is my art to triumph. I love that song. Yeah. I love that. It's certainly a way to open an album. That's what I mean about, though, how you're still surprised because I'm, li I'm listening to that album for the first time going, well, this is as good as it's going to get. So let's just stop it here. And then every song is different and better and, and in a different way. And I mean, you, you finish with Let Us Die and that has drums from Taylor Hawkins, which is right. also pretty special. How, how did that relationship unfold? How did that unfold? Um, so... Mark Ronson is obviously my, my daddy. And I, you know, he was, he loved that song from the first time he heard it. I wrote that with Ethan. I had had that chorus. I thought me and my girlfriend were going to break up. I was on a, I was on a boat, parking the boat in the rain. And I was crying. I was by myself and I was singing. If the only way to love you is let us die. And I was crying and I, parked the boat and I went, oh, fuck. And I ran up the hill and it got on my phone it's and like recorded <laughs> the voice memo for it. I was like, I have to remember this. It sounds like some Shania shit. I was like, we gotta, we gotta put this down on paper. <laughs> then I go in with Ethan and I'm like, I have this chorus. It's like our third or fourth session, maybe to get maybe second. And we wrote the whole song. We wrote the song around the chorus and um, I played it for Mark and he goes, oh my, and he never, I mean, it's hard to get him to go, oh my God. You know, and he was like, oh, my God. And um, he was like, there needs to be a really amazing drummer on this. And I said, oh, yeah, who? And he goes, what about Taylor Hawkins? And I said, do you think that you could get Taylor Hawkins to play on my my fucking song, my lesbian breakup ballad? <laughs> and um, he was like, yeah. And he called him. And so I was in my dad's studio that I grew up in, sitting at my dad's console. Taylor was broadcast from his studio in uh in LA and we were on in between takes we'd FaceTime and he would be like was that okay and I was like yeah that was okay man that was amazing <laughs> and he was the most he was the kindest yeah. 
most wonderful man. I didn't know him well, but what I what I knew of him was that to be a legend and to be excited by young people making music, new music, is the greatest gift of like musical osmosis that you can be given as a young artist. To have somebody who isn't jaded, mm-hmm. who doesn't feel some type of way about the industry and about new blood coming in and instead make that person feel like they're worth it. That is the most beautiful thing that you can give someone. And he gave that to me by playing on this song. And it, it really, it was, it was the greatest gift. And Antoine honors him every night when we play that song. I mean, he, he plays the fuck out of that part. He learned it, you know, beat for beat. And it is a, it is a massive part of, of the set. How is your band? How long have you been touring with your band for? Are these been your guys for for some time? So Logan, who I'm actually writing a lot of my new album, oh, yeah? this album I'm working on right now yeah. uh, with, he is my friend from college. He yeah. was the first uh, member of King Princess. Yeah, really? Yeah. And he's my bass player and he's a fantastic writer. And I kind of was like... You know, I was just talking to Maya and she was saying she's getting back to her roots. And it was, I, I feel that I'm doing the same thing. I'm writing music with people that I love. And Logan's someone I love. He's family. And he's somebody I wrote some of my first songs with, like Sunburn and Sunpix that ended up on SoundCloud. And <laughs> some people may know and kind of discover me through. And um, he was there for those. So I've brought him in. And I said, you're really good at this. Let's write this album together and have fun doing it. Are so, you writing a lot on the road? Because I, I, I often ask this to, for, to guess. No, like, I never write on the road. So how do you do it then? So, so surely you have those moments when you're in Australia and you want to get out of the boat and run up the hill and throw something into voice memo. No, I don't. <laughs> because I, if I do that, then I won't be excited about the songs that I'm still trying to so promote. Really, so you are really just in this genre moment over here and then you will tap out at some stage and then just go over the here. The minute I got home to LA. Yeah. I was in the studio. Okay. The day after I got back from Japan, I was in the studio with Logan and my engineer Mike writing this album. Okay. And my friend Nick, yeah. who I wrote 1950 with. Yeah. Um yeah, no breaks. I I am I am a fucking tank when it comes to writing music and that is something that is a blessing and a curse because when you're inundated with shit, it's mm. hard to sort through. But I am, this is what I do. This is my job. Mm. I will I will go back because you mentioned a few times I want to ask you about growing up because your dad worked in, you had a studio at home and your dad was a sound engineer or sound recorder. He still is. Still is. So was there ever, ever an option for you where you walked into the lounge room one day and said, I'm going to be a nurse? Or was this you just carrying on the family business? Because clearly it's in you and in your blood and your genes and they you can do all me. of it. Oh, no, I didn't say they pushed you, but was there ever a moment where you were like, I'm do this. <laughs> yeah, for like a 10 minutes, I was like, I'm going to go to Sarah Lawrence College and study gender studies. And then I was like, that's a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, like, bad no, idea, bad no, idea. No, no. Put that one away. Yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. I was like, um, no, if there was a minute maybe where I wanted that, like wanted to like just like study shit. And but then I was like, I'm not really great at studying <laughs> or school. So why am I doing this? Um, no, I, I, there was no, you couldn't keep me out of the studio. Like it was, it was just my safe place. Mm. There was nothing more interesting to me than talking to musicians. Yeah. And there's this misconception (laughs) that my dad was like some like executive. No, he's a, he's a small business owner. Yeah. 
who runs a very functional recording studio. I mean, like there's weeks where there's it's exciting and there would be people in like, mm. you know, there would be like a Matt and Kim or like a Arctic Monkeys or something. And then the next week he was recording like a, a full Hasidic choir, <laughs> like for money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just because you like, yeah, we need to pay, work. we need to pay the bills. Like, yeah, of course. And so I think this for me, like what I took from the studio was it was not connections. It was how to be in the studio like how to be an artist what artists but to did. know every every part of your job like not just to know the part yeah. where you walk out and hold the microphone but to know every part of your job i think for any career for radio for, for tv a lot of people i know who are still there know all the bits well there's different types of performers right there's people who are singers and performers and then there's like studio rats and I, that's really me at my core. Studio Rat's a good name for an album, by the way. I just want to be in there. Just I, There's nothing cooler to me. Yeah. And as a kid, it's so tactile, right? There's like yeah. lights, there's buttons, there's there's things you can hold, microphones that are shiny. And it's like, as a kid, it was just like, maybe I, it's my neurodivergence, but that was like my, that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's what I needed. And and it just continued to be something I needed um, throughout my entire life until now, <laughs> still. So you're on the road. You're doing these headline shows in Australia. You, you mentioned you're performing with Florence and the Machine. You, you also um, about to go back to the states and open for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, that's. <laughs> oh, you're a fan. A huge fan. Are you gonna come? I have. I went to the. I went to the. I'm coming tonight. No, but are you gonna come to one of the shows in the US? In the US. You don't care about me. I would love to come. To the, I would love to come to a show. Well, I'm not in the US. paying for you, Anastasia. To come. Um, see, I'll fly economy. And that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, that, that's a huge. That's a huge. Um, what to, to me? How how did that happen? Or is that or is that just a business thing that is not an exciting story? Because like, I think that's a fantastic collaboration in terms of. Because I saw them in Australia, they had post Malone support. The, the support is becoming, which I think is amazing. Such a huge like wet leg just supported Harry Styles around around Australia. Like this people are getting there. Look to at watch. look at a bit look at what I said about Taylor Hawkins, yeah, right? Yeah. The chilies are similar in yeah. that you see a lineup, right? Because you can say, oh, well, you know, people don't really go for the opener. And that might be true sometimes, but you've got a band, a legacy rock and roll, one of the greatest left rock and roll bands that, that we have right now, who are still touring. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing people like me, like Post Malone, like St. Vincent, like Iggy mm -hmm. Pop onto their yeah. show, onto their bill. Yeah. That is what music is about. You've got bands that have power and and success ushering in a new generation. I saw you two years ago in Australia. They brought out this little guy to support them called Jay-Z. <laughs> and I loved it. But the U2, the U2 crowds were like, well, that's, that's the other thing, right? Like, I'm not playing to people that necessarily listen no. to King Princess at a Red Hot Chili Pepper show. Yeah, yeah, but you have to, yeah, you have, you have to, to trick them into, <laughs> yeah. into liking you. And I know one thing about me, and I can trick a middle-aged white man into liking me. That's you something I, that. I know how to do. Already. It is something that is in my wheelhouse and I can handle. So that is, yeah, that is, that is what I'm doing. You're tricking. I mean, I'm not just saying that it's middle-aged white men, but you know, sometimes there's a guy in a football jersey yeah. looking at you like what the fuck is that <laughs> and you're like you're like i'm your worst nightmare and your greatest dream you know you gotta just go for it i love that well you tricked me you tricked me ages ago i know tricked i tricked me. you within one sentence look at that yeah i love you it. are easy I, I am a pushover i am easy <laughs> i can't wait to see the show tonight um 
Thank you for your time today. Thank you. We, we like to finish introducing by having you introduce us to someone, paying it forward, someone that you're listening to right now, someone that you dig, could be the Chili Peppers even, just something that you're loving to listen to right now. This is bad. I don't really listen to music. Oh, wow. That's Oops. the best answer we've ever had, though. That <laughs> <laughs> ends a really great chat. Like- <laughs> no, I mean, I listen to old music. You know, maybe... You say old music. Yeah. That's, that's good. Maybe because I'm wearing the shirt today. I want to introduce you, Australia. It's probably pretty, you know, you guys know them better than people in the States, but maybe there's people in the States listening who hmm. don't know Silverchair. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm wearing a Silverchair shirt Are right now. Are you really? Yeah. And I thought it was fitting for today and the, being yeah. in this, like, club with, you know, like this... This like rocky, yeah. you know, dingy club. And I, I should tell Chris and Ben and the boys to get down here. Daniel got nothing to do. Is he just in Newcastle? Come on, mate. I think that Silverchair is a great example of a rock band. Oh my who God. I saw them on every album tour when I was a kid. Was best. in the t- same time as Nirvana. Yep. And, you know, obviously when you have, I'm not saying they're similar, but when, you know, grunge was happening. Courtney Love did try and pick up a 13-year-old Daniel Johns at the Big Day Out, one of our festivals here. That's iconic. Drinking caramel milkshake. Also kind of fucked up. Didn't put her off. Courtney, also another one I'd I like to introduce that. you to Hole. I love Hole. Celebrity skin. My I God. I do a great cover of that. Do you? I do. I did it on the last Hold On Baby tour in the US. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really fun. No, but yeah, Silverchair, man. Okay, I was, that's the best. What, what a great, what a great band that you know, not enough people know. I love that. Well, um, I can't wait to see you on stage tonight. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing. Thank you, guys. And you can use it. my owl joke as much as you want. I'm never going to say that to anyone. With all your mates. Nope, they're yeah, not going to tell them. I reckon you will. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs>